0: amen. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Uh, Man, hadn't the Lord blessed us with an incredible rain? And um, for some of us, it gets our hair kind of messed up. Uh, It doesn't bother mine a bit, but uh, some of you have noticed that your hair is just a little bit curly. And, uh, you know, as, as I was thinking about today, this will conclude our Man Cave series. And a few weeks ago, Kyle asked me if I would like to uh, conclude the message. And man, uh, I listened to to Brother Kyle and I just like, oh man, you know, this has been such an incredible series of messages. And God has really spoken into our hearts and, and into my heart in a tremendous way. And it seems like every time that Kyle asked me to share is that, The Lord allows me to go through the things that I'm going to be sharing during that message. So, If you'll remember, uh, the first message that Kyle preached was, Real men act like one. Real men act like one. The second message was, Men travel in packs. Guys, I've heard many of you have already started your small group of men, and we appreciate the opportunity that many of you have extended to the staff to be a part of your pack of men. The third message was that we should build others up. And uh, if there's ever a, a, a day in which we live, we need to build one another up because the world is about tearing us down and getting us to feel defeated. Today's message is real men live for God's glory. I asked some of our men in the church to just to write a couple of sentences about what that statement meant to them. And here's how they responded. My desire is to please God. I long to hear him say, well done, my faithful servant. The praise from others though sincerely appreciated, can become a distraction. The greatest virtue of any man of faith is love. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. There is an eternal reward to be gained, but the desire of my heart is that God will be glorified in my life. Another one of our guys said this, "Manly, manly men live to the glory of God. God's glory does not hinge on my performance. I can neither add to nor take away from God's glory. It is the highest standard that I am to pattern my life to. I have had some notable achievements in my life, But in order to live to the glory of God, I must give credit where credit is due. And then one other guy uh, shared this. And I know many of you could give a definition of what it means to live for God's glory. But this one said, the key to living a godly life is surrender. We try to live up to God's standard in our own power and we wind up frustrated and disappointed. But when we surrender ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we can experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Who would not want a life characterized by these terms? Real men live for the glory of God. And guys, it's important for us to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that we honor him in all that we do in our lives. That personal relationship is so important. It's a a must. It's a priority. And then as we have that personal relationship with him, that we live our lives, a godly life, that brings glory and honor to his holy name. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. If you'll remember one of Kyle's messages, he had talked about how this is addressed to Timothy, but it's a message for us today. This letter was written to Timothy by, by the apostle Paul. Paul was getting to be an old man by now, and there was an urgency to Timothy, Paul's life was running out, and there was so much that needed to be done. And folks, there's a message in that for us today. Those of us who are are getting older, and all of us are getting older. You, some of you are just in denial, so we all are getting older. Uh, it's amazing how time flies by, but as we get older, we need to pour our hearts and our lives into preschool children, school age children. To young people and to young adults, that was an urgent message to Timothy. And even though this was a letter to Timothy, it's a strong message for us today. And uh, I'm going to give some scriptures throughout this message. If you'll just write those down, and then you can come back to them later. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17 talks about how this is a strong message for us today. Uh, if you look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 Paul said I write these things so that you may know how you ought to conduct your life yourself. Maybe a better translation might be how one ought to behave. This was a message to Timothy and it's a message to us today guys and women as well and young people. In verses 11 through 16 Uh, paul's words to timothy was that he must be aggressive in turning away from those things that are wrong and that he must be aggressive in turning to those things that are right that's a message for us today guys that's a message for us today church is that we be aggressive in turning away from those things that are wrong and that we turn to those things that are right in verse 11, Paul uses two key words that uh, you need to underline. He says that we are to flee, and we are, we are to pursue. We're to flee, and we are to pursue. Guys, we are always on the hunt. You know, we love to hunt. Whether it's hunting for that, uh, uh, the latest and greatest in, in the technology field, or whether it's looking for that uh, business deal that's going to put us over the top or if it's walking out through the the fields looking for that uh, great trophy that will mount on our wall we are always on the hunt but guys let me tell you what even though you're on the hunt you're being hunted we have an enemy and this enemy he cannot kill us but He can bring about the death of our heart. He can rob us of the joy and the happiness, those things that were mentioned uh, in those from that quote from one of our guys. He can rob us of the patience and the kindness, the goodness. Since he cannot kill us, guys, he wants to cripple us. He wants to leave us hopeless, helpless, and ineffective as men as men of our families, as, as the, the, the husband of our wives, and those that we come in contact with. The enemy doesn't, that's hunting you doesn't want you to believe that there's an enemy. In, um, let's see, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, this is a familiar passage of Scripture uh, to all of us. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. The enemy wants you to go through your day, guys, just struggling, feeling ineffective, feeling hopeless, feeling like your life does not matter. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he describes this enemy as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. In the Bible times, the lion was one of the most feared predators that, were, that was around. And it was like he can catch its prey the easiest. The lion is still alive today. And it comes in the form of of Satan. Satan is like the lion. He's seeking to destroy your lives. Men are being hunted by Satan. And men are being taken down every day, every minute, every second of every day. Some of you here this morning, men and women and young people and boys and girls, you're close to that point where the devil is going to bring you down. He's going to rob you of those things that God has for you. And godly men, great men of the faith, the devil is out to get us. James MacDonald in his book, Act Like Men, says, Christian men are especially vulnerable as a trophy for the enemy that wants most of all to discredit the Lord and to make a mockery of those who have taken his name. Let me repeat that. Christian men and women are especially vulnerable as a target for the enemy that wants most of all to discredit the Lord and to make a mockery of those who have taken his name. There's nothing more that the devil wants to do than to get people to see that that, uh, you know, that the Lord is not good, that it's not good to serve the Lord, and he wants to destroy our lives. The day that you invited Jesus Christ into your life, you became an enemy of the devil. Men, the fact is that we're being hunted. Even though we feel like we're hunting other things, we're being hunted. We're living in a spiritually hostile world. You think about it. Some of the older guys in our church, I'm sure they would say it was just as difficult back then when they were young men as it is today. But, but uh, it's hard at times to be the godly man that God wants you to be. There are so many temptations around us that the devil throws at us. Let me just share that uh, many guys are being knocked out of the game of life. Some of you may be here this morning and you're being knocked out of the game of life. Maybe the devil is just at you so strongly that you feel like there's no hope to winning this battle. But there's also guys who are being knocked out of the game of life because they haven't engaged in the battle. They have withdrawn. They they have said that it's not worth the battle. It's not worth the, the hurts that we go through, men are being knocked out. Men fall to different addictions, different de- uh, depressions and hopelessness. Many fall to greed. It's about all that I can get for myself. Or, or many fall to pride, uh, just saying, look what I have done. Look what I have built. Look how I have made this thing happen. Many are falling to anger, not able to control themselves, and the list could go on. Let me just tell you that when you're engaged in that battle, there will be casualties. It might be your wife that becomes a casualty. It might be your children. It might be your grandchildren. It might be generations of people to come in your family. It might be that business associate that you have been witnessing to for all of these years. It might be the list could go on and on and on. It will affect your witness if the if you allow the devil to bring you down. And the sad thing is, oftentimes, as we are tempted to those sins, if we're tempted to give in, we never take take into our thoughts the casualties that will take place. I can guarantee you guys that if you fall into a sinful life, there will be casualties. We need to guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. The fact is that there will be casualties when you allow the devil to bring you down. The Bible tells us that this world is not our home. And we are fighting on enemy territory. The Lord is preparing a beautiful place in heaven for his children. Jimmy Phillips preaches about it and teaches about it. And he's getting ready to go to a conference where it's a a prophecy conference. And I said, Jimmy, are you going to be leading that conference? He has so much to give Uh, in the area of Bible prophecy. But uh, this home, this this world in which we live is not our own. Guys, it's time that we wake up. But listen to this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the battles that you are facing right now were won when Jesus Christ walked out of the grave. Amen. The battles that you are facing right now were won when Jesus Christ walked out of the grave. You remember that when you're being tempted to to get into that sinful lifestyle. You remember that that, uh, when Jesus walked out of that grave, you have victory over those things. But you know what? the bible the the battles that you face the bible tells us that they're going to continue you know a lot of times you'll hear people say well if you'll give your life to jesus all of these things will will uh you know you'll live a good happy life a smooth life tell me someone in here has your life been like that way when you invited jesus christ into your life was your life just as smooth and and if if it is, I want to talk to you after the service because I want to know what you're doing because for me, I know that when I became a Christian, you know the devil just has been coming against me. Fight, fight to the very end romans eight thirty seven says yet in all these things we are more." Than conquers through him. The next point is: real men keep their fist ready for the fight. You know, I love to watch boxing. Uh, There's some other shows, UFC. You know, I'm just opening up to you. Part of a man is they love to see um, see those fights. If you go to a football game, you want to see the men you know, knock each other around, don't you? If you go to a hockey game, man, I one of the most boring games that I ever attended was uh, a hockey game when it was at that time they outlawed any fighting. You know, maybe that says something about me, but built within these guys, built within guys, you want to see uh, a fight. I thought about this morning um, putting on a boxing glove and uh, having my son-in-law come up here, and, and let's get it on. <clears throat> but uh, you want to see it, John Mickey? <laughs> and i to do it. Scott, the challenge has been made. <clears throat> but if you'll, if you'll notice that anytime you watch boxing or, or different activity uh, events like that, they always keep their guard up. You let that guard down, and you're going to get sucker punched in the nose, and you're going to go down. And it's the same way with our lives as we do battle with the devil. If we never let our guards down, the devil's going to punch you. And he's going to knock you down. I want to read another quote. It's from The Art of War by Sun Tzu. He said, If you know the enemy and know yourself, You need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If you know yourself and not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle that you face. Folks, let me just tell you that when you watch these guys going at it and punching, And we have some of our folks that are are starting to exercise at at a place here in town. And, uh, you know, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get those punches. You're going to become bloody. You might get a bloody nose. You might get a, a black eye. But as you engage in the battle, it's messy. So let me just encourage you that if you think that your battle with the devil is going to be something really easy and that you're going to be able to knock him out at every punch, don't be, so, don't be fooled. All right, let's get back to, <clears throat> that was kind of the introduction to First Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. Um, this battle that we're fighting, Paul tells Timothy to pursue six virtues. And if he's telling Timothy to pursue these six virtues, folks, these are six things that we need to pursue as well. Number one, we are to pursue righteousness. Righteousness means personal integrity in this passage of Scripture. Let me just tell you guys, our integrity is at stake. There's nothing more that the devil wants to do than to destroy your integrity. There's nothing more that the devil wants to do than to destroy your character. Because if he can do those things, he brings down the name of Jesus. We are to pursue righteousness. Let me just ask you this. Is your life the same on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as it is on Sunday. When you're out at work or wherever it is that God takes you, is your life the same as it is on Sunday? People are watching. Number two, not only are we to pursue righteousness, we're to pursue godliness, a godly life. It is an attitude or a style of life that acknowledges God's claim on our lives and seeks to live in accordance to God's will. God has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life, and he wants to use you to make a difference in this dark world in which we live. How can we do battle if we're not prepared to do battle with the devil? We're to pursue godliness. Number three, the Bible says that we're to pursue faith. Some commentaries here uses the word faithfulness. <coughs> Being dependable. Getting into the Word. Pray. Living up to what the Word says. Are you dependable? in the things that God has called you to do? Or do you just haphazardly do those things? If God has called you to teach a life group of of boys and girls or in our youth ministry or in the adults, are you dependable? Are you faithful? Are you dependable in, in what God has called you to do? I believe that God has brought you here to this church. There are a number of ministries that we need your help. One of those is Vacation Bible School that's coming up. Folks, it's going to be an incredible time, six to eight o'clock. But I tell you what, it'll be the best time of your life. And uh, you can go back to the connection room. You can see Sarah and Angela. And uh, don't stay at home. Be dependable. Be faithful in what God has called you to do. You might say, well, Dale, that is not what I feel comfortable doing. There's all kinds of jobs. You don't necessarily have to teach. You could do refreshments. You could do walk the boys and girls around, or you could just put your arm around a young child and just let them know that you love them. Be dependable. Be faithful. Number four, we are to pursue love. This is the agape love that makes a sacrifice for others. It seeks to give and and not to gain. You know, we're living in a world that that it's all about me. You know, it's, it's not about anybody else, but it's about me. What do I get out of this? It's the agape love that sacrifices for others. What are you doing to sacrifice for someone else? You know, I've heard, Kyle, that there's men that are meeting from that uh, message that you preached and uh, how they're pouring their lives into each other, how they're sacrificing for one another. And that is so awesome. You know, as we do those things that Kyle has preached about and what you're hearing today, this church will be that light into this world that desperately needs to see Jesus Christ. Number five, we are to be patient. We're to pursue patience. Patience carries with it the idea of endurance, sticking to it when the going gets tough, and encouraging others to keep going when it gets tough. I see a lot of men, I see a lot of women, a lot of families that when the going gets tough, they back out. When the going gets tough, they stop coming to church. They stop reading their Bible. Kyle and I both can tell you as we counsel with people, we can ask them where they're at in the Word of God. How is their prayer life? And oftentimes they may say, well, it's not what it should be. And, you know, my life, my prayer life is not what I want it to be. I always believe that God has so much more for my prayer life and my Bible study. But um, it is sticking to it, even in the hard times. When, when your life gets so difficult and when it seems like everything is so out of control, be faithful to the Lord. Endure. Keep going. And then the last one is meekness. Oftentimes you'll think that meekness means weakness. That's not what it means at all. In this passage of Scripture, it talks about how it's to be power under control. Some people cannot control themselves. Some people have such an anger problem and, and uh, with things that are going on in their personal lives and, uh, and how that affects the witness to those that we come in contact with. You know, I think maybe a better term uh, that might be for meekness is gentleness. Are you gentle with your family? Are you gentle with your children? Lynn and I have had preschool children before, and sometimes they will test your patience, right? Man, when they're in their terrible twos, and sometimes even when they're in their teenage years, they can push you to the limit, right? Right? But we need to be gentle. We need to be caring. We need to control our emotions and uh, control how we respond to things. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight. It means to keep on fighting. It's the, the phrase or the word where we get our English word to agonize keep on fighting. We are to agonize. It describes a person who is straining, who is giving their very best to fight the battle in which they're in, to win the prize, to win the battle. Are you straining? Are you fighting? Are you giving it all that you have for the battle that you find yourself in today? Oftentimes, we just want to give up We say it's too difficult. This life is too difficult. Men, remember their rank. What is it that encourages us in the battle? Verse 12, it says to lay hold of eternal life. Folks, the battles that you are facing right now, always remember there is eternal life. And as we had the Lord's Supper, I'm so thankful. What the Lord has done for us through his death and his burial and his resurrection. And when he walked out of that grave, he won the victory. And you know what? That victory is ours. You know, he has assured us that. That when this life is over, we'll be in that beautiful place called heaven. You know, but oftentimes, we try to fight this battle that we're in, in our own strength. If I asked you this morning, how many are you trying to fight that battle that you're in, in your own strength? Don't raise your hand. But I'm sure that there are people here this morning that are saying, I am doing my best to overcome that addiction. I'm doing my very best to, to get over the depression. I'm doing my very best. In whatever it is you put in the blank, our strength does not come from ourselves. A wonderful passage of Scripture is Psalms chapter 121, verse 2. It says, I lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Let me tell you, if you're fighting this battle in your own strength, chances are the devil's going to punch you out. Chances are you're going to be defeated. And when that happens, there's going to be casualties all around. Uh, in any battle that, uh, that's going on overseas, there's going to be casualties. There's going to be those wounds. There's going to be those hurts. But if you're fighting this battle that you're in right now, whether it's an addiction or whatever it might be, our strength comes from the Lord. Don't allow the devil to put it in your mind that this is your battle. You've got to fight it by yourself. The Lord will give you the strength. Not only do we gain our strength from the Lord, but we gain our strength from brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever you're going through right now, get in one of those packs that Kyle talked about. Get with a group of men. Get with a group of women. And allow God just to to bring these men and women into your life to help you in whatever battle you find yourself. I'm thankful that we don't have to go through this life by ourselves. Years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. The greatest decision that I ever made. And there's been many, many battles. There's battles going on now. There will be battles going on in our lives until we see Jesus face to face. But I know that my strength comes from the Lord. So if you find yourself in a battle this morning... We're getting ready to enter a time of invitation and I want you just to come this morning and you may want to kneel at the altar this morning. Someone may come up to you as you're kneeling there and they may put their hand on your back and just realize that that person is praying for you. Or you may be here this morning and you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life. Let me encourage you to do that. The greatest decision that you can make is to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Kyle and I are going to be up here at the front. And whatever God lays on your heart, maybe, guys, you're still here and you'll say, I never have gotten into a pack. You come. We'll help you get into one. So you come. Whatever God lays on your heart this morning, you come. Let us pray for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, I thank you that uh, this battle is not our own. But, Father, it's a battle that we fight against principalities, against the rulers of this dark world in which we live. The battle that we are in is not against each other. The battle that we are in is fighting against the evil forces of this world. And, Father, I'm thankful that you have given us the promise that there is victory. There was victory when you walked out of that tomb. So, Father, whatever's on the hearts and the lives of people this morning, Lord, whatever decision needs to be made, if there's someone that just wants to come and, and kneel at the altar and pray, God, I pray that you'd give them victory in that today, that they would come and that they'd just kneel and, and pray and ask for your strength. If there's someone that needs to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray today they would come. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and honor. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.